Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boys, Damian Parson, Keith Sanchez. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. Keith, brother, what's up, man? Damn what's going on, my brother? Um, you know, like I always say, man, I'm excited. Anytime we get to do this, talk some football, especially talk some college football, right? Really gets the, you know, gets, gets you excited. Um, you know, we have a really good topic coming up. We're at the point where, uh, you know, we have some quarterback battles going on, right? Like like some guys right in the thick of it, and it's at some very prominent universities. So, man, let's kick this thing off and get started. Let's talk about it, man. Let's start off in the ACC. You know, it, it, this team was pretty much a playoff, perennial playoff team for most of the past, what, like five, six years. You know, you look at when they had Trevor Lawrence there uh, and even going back when they had Deshaun Watts, we're talking about the Clemson Tigers, and they do have a little bit of a quarterback battle on their hands with DJ Uliungalele versus Cole Klubnik. Now, DJU... Keith, he struggled last year. Like, let's go back to 2020 uh, first. So 2020, uh, that was, of course, the year COVID really hit the whole world. And I think it was uh, for like two games, I believe, Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID. So he was out. And DJU stepped in, and he stepped in admirably, right? So he he showcased why he was a five-star recruit, why he was that big-name pocket passer that everyone loved. You know, he threw for almost a thousand yards in like two games, and he had a five touchdown, zero interception, um, you know, performance in those games. Now you fast forward to 2021, Keith, and he's the starter. He's the guy that they're putting the the weight of this program on his shoulders, and you have some big shoes to fill. Where Trevor Lawrence and, and and the talent that was around him kept this team in the top three. You know, and it comes down to the the playoff rankings and everything. And like I said, G- DJU just didn't have a great year. And he, he threw for 22, almost 20, yeah, 2246, uh, you know, 2,246 yards. He threw for nine touchdowns, Keith, and 10 interceptions with a QBR of 43.2, which led uh, put him at 97th in the nation. Man, like that's not good, you know. None of that is good, especially when you have more interceptions than touchdowns. And it was just a, the offense and in, in general just didn't look right. Tony Elliott, who was the office coordinator, he's out. You know, he's not there anymore. He took a job elsewhere. You know, you got Justin uh, Justin Ross that's that's leave that's left and gone to the NFL, and they're just trying to reestablish themselves. Reestablish themselves, and then they have this young kid Cole Clubnick coming in. Let's let's talk about this real quick, Keith. This 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 QB battle, you know how college, and you know firsthand, like colleges will take the QB battle not just into the spring, not into just not just into summer training camp, but even somewhat into into the season where you start seeing both quarterbacks playing prominent snaps. What are your thoughts right now? Um. Well, man, I think you did a good job of just narrating everything as far as. Um, you know, DJU's, you know, rise into the quarterback position, right? And and I forgot that he stepped in those couple games 
and had really good games, right? I believe they played Notre Dame and they, I believe they lost the game, but it came all the way down the wire and, and it seemed to be of no fault of, um, you know, DJU. So with that being said, you know, you want to say that DJU can win this quarterback battle, but, you know, you have to kind of diagnose why was it an issue last year, right? And so I, I, I think it's a combination of two things. I think some of it is, you know, DJU's processing, but also we have to look at that wide receiver position, right? Um, mm-hmm. Clemson, they have replicas as far as body, stature, size, speed, height, weight, speed guys. Like all of them are six two, six three. All of them run probably around a four five. All of them are 200, and 200, 205 pounds, right? So it's the exact same wide receiver group. And, and we always talk about having a versatile group, right? Like you, you need your center, you need your jump, your, your jump ball guy, your red zone guy, your possession guy, but then you also need a small forward, right? A guy that can that can do everything, right? You can line them up in multiple positions. And then also you need your point guard, your, your short, mm-hmm. shifty guy um, that can create matchup problems. And, and Clemson just doesn't have that at this point. So my, I, I'm not sure what direction to go with this. I'm definitely going to give my answer. But the thing is this, how do you, imp- like, is DJU going to be able to improve if everything comes back exactly the same? That's the question. Um, and, and for me, this is this is my prediction. I think they will give DJU the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't think that's Dabo Sweeney just to move on from a guy after one year. But mm-hmm. he's on an extremely short list moving into next year. And when I say extremely short, I'm talking two, three games. If it does not look really good, um, it can be an issue because Kay Klubnik has, has shown to be a really good football player, albeit in high school. Um, that's where all of these guys are great at, right? Like that's when you realize the family while they're in high school. So I think Cade right now is putting the pressure on him. And if he can find a way to just get this offense to to hum at a pretty consistent level um, that, you know, Clemson is even somewhat familiar right because totally unfamiliar with putting up 10 17 points if he could just get this offense scoring 30 points a game um then dju would be in trouble so i my, my prediction is this dju will win the quarterback battle coming out of them and then he will be on an extremely short list so we definitely have to dive into and that'll be a whole nother podcast but we'll dive into the schedule right and and, and see where this can possibly uh you know become a disruption point Absolutely. Not. And I agree with you. I think that's exactly how it's going to go. They're going to let, allow DJ, you know, DJ is going to have his opportunities in the spring game and camp and everything. And then going into the summer to separate himself and they're going to give him that benefit of the doubt. He has, he's the veteran in that room. Um, now, and, and the thing about it, he's got to come in with that confidence with, uh, from, a, from the neck up. He has to be prepared for this because Kate Klubnik was the number one quarterback, you know, according to 24-7 Sports. And he's the number one ranked player in the state of Texas. He's, you know, he's an 18-year-old yeah. kid. He's a, he's a track athlete as well, running the 400, you know, as well, you know, you know as a sophomore. He's, he's, and he's a long jumper and triple jumper. So he's he's a he's a he's an athletic kid. What I what I will say is that what I'm happy about is you know seeing that that DJU has dropped some weight this offseason since the end of the season. Um, he's dropped uh, about 15 pounds since the season ended in December. So because he, he 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 was always kind of a bigger kid, bigger dude, right? So seeing him drop that weight 
what that tells me is, okay, he wants to be more reactive and quicker in the pocket in terms of uh, negotiating quick pressure, being able to just get off of a read, be able to move his body. Because at the end of the day, we all know like your mind can want to do something, but if you physically can't maneuver and, and move at the pace that your mind's moving, it doesn't matter how quick you process pressure coming if your body can't physically make it happen. Yep, I, I, w- I would say this too. Uh, he probably cut weight because they plan on running him more. Um, I mm-hmm. think last year, and this was something I knew, you know, scouting him out of high school, that he was a pretty decent athlete. And what I'm what I'm saying is, is that um, he obviously isn't Lamar Jackson esque. It, it's probably more Dak Prescott or Donovan McNabb types, but those yes. are guys that can still hurt you with their legs, right? And when you think about that Clemson offense in the past, one of Trevor Lawrence's um, you know, his resume runs is that run against Ohio State, right? And that's one of his, yes. I'm sorry, resume plays, period. So uh, you think about Deshaun Watts, an extremely mobile guy, Um, even taking it back 10 years ago, you know, when they had other mobile quarterbacks. So I think this offense has always had a quarterback that can kind of get out of trouble, but also they can, they can, um, they can call run plays for the quarterback. So um, that's interesting that you thought that you uh, you came up with that with him cutting weight because I believe during the middle of the season last year everybody was wondering like man why aren't they running the ball with this guy because it's easier man when you when it's when it's second and ten just to have quarterback power in there and like we talked about DJ is a big kid that second and ten goes to third and five and it's like okay right. now we can you know this is this is this is short area um, football right here and we we can run a you know the stick play right or we can run a stick yeah. nod and get this first down. So it's all about staying on time and, and timing with the change. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that point because that actually it should be a, a note that we should take and, and definitely our listeners should take um, if Clemson decides to run the football a whole lot more with DJU. Absolutely. And I think, you know, they have a talented freshman who's going to be a sophomore this year, Will Shipley, the running back. And, yeah. and I love I, I hyped him up in, in, in during the summer last year. And, and he was he was he was their leading rusher, 739 yards rushing, average five yards to carry. And he had 11 touchdowns, man. And the thing about it is just with. He's from the Carolinas. I ain't from your neck of the woods, right? I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's from from my <laughs> side of town. So, you know, I got a lot of love for the young man. He, he he's he's really talented, man. And and I think that they also had I, I can't remember, I'm blanking on his name right now, but it was a kind of a shorter, stocky, uh, slot receiver that uh kind of popped up during the season last year. And I was like, okay. So they, it's like, cause one of the main things with them, like you talk about the carbon copies, they are literally like that, that person that just literally goes into their computer and just copy and paste, copy and paste and how they yeah. recruited their receivers. And I remember being told that last off season I was like, man, Trevor Lawrence loved those big body receivers. He would love to throw the 50, 50 ball, the back shoulder, the bang eight. He loved to put it up and let his guys go and play power forwards. And I don't think DJ used that type of quarterback. He's somebody that wants more of the route runners and natural separators where mm-hmm. he can put the ball, let these boys catch and run and make plays, right? So this is going to be very interesting because when you talk about running the ball, Cade uh, Klubnik is already probably more athletic than, you know, than DJU is even with the weight being dropped. So if they do, uh, if they do want to open up the playbook, like DJU's gonna have to come in and really show, hey guys, I can, you can do everything you want to do with me at quarterback. And then, like you said, from a processing standpoint, take those next steps, man. Because what he showed me in those two games as a spot starter, he's talented. That talent didn't just 
go away. It didn't evaporate. Right. It didn't disappear. Yeah. It's just the fact that, you know, the team itself last year also wasn't good. Offensive line was leaky. You talk about the receivers weren't great. You know, the, the best thing they had was the young freshman running back. So now they're coming in, you know, bringing in more recruits and more talented young uh, receivers. Just get this offensive line up to par. They are losing some defenders, but they got a really nice D line. So the the framework is there any playing the, S, the ACC? So it's not a, a highly competitive, as in like you dealing with a lot of top dogs mm-hmm. in the ACC. So they still have a chance. They just got to make the right pick at quarterback, Keith. And I'm, a, I'm a, like I said, I'm gonna agree with you. I think it's gonna be DJU. But DJU's got a short leash. He's got to come in there and command this thing and find consistency. Not just, not just you know, throughout the season. I'm talking snap to snap, you know, drive to drive, series to series, half to half, game to game. He's got to find that consistency and not just find it, but he's got to hold on to it and keep it, Keith. Yeah, because one thing we know, man, Clemson is not used to losing. At all, <laughs> if you think Dabo's gonna go through another season like that again, you, you, yeah, no, he's not putting up with that. Dabo will bench him and go with the young kid if you know at the end of the day if if uh, DJU doesn't get it up to par. But uh, let's let's transit. Let's go to the SEC for a little bit. Oh, here let's we go, talk baby. Some I'm, SEC I'm, football. I'm home now. I'm home now. Let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk some SEC football, man. And we have in Auburn, right? Auburn last year. Their quarterbacks last year accounted for a combined 17 touchdowns and four interceptions. You know, and you know, looking at these two quarterbacks, I think that they uh they have on the roster right now, TJ Finley, Zach Calzada. Zach Calzada is a Texas AM transfer. You know, yeah. we talked to Leon O'Neill. That was part of the discussion where how you know how they kind of the defense led that that team and they leaned on the run game with Isaiah Spiller, Devin A. Chain, and everything like that. Now he's over there. And, and, I mean, for, for him, he's going to another team with another talented run game with Tank Bigsby, you know, one of the best running backs in college football, uh, toting the rock for that offense, Keith. And TJ Finley, more of the, he's a bigger, kind of big arm young man. And like when I first saw him, I was like, "Yo!" And I, if I remember correctly, is he is he an LSU transfer? Because he's he's six seven, like two forty. So it's a, yeah, he's yeah, an unreal yeah. size at quarterback. Yep. No. Nah, so he was an LSU, LSU transfer. Yeah, he's an LSU transfer. Um, you know, just background on the kid. Uh, he's from Louisiana. Um, he I want to believe he stepped in his his freshman year, and you know, it was it was a roller coaster, right? But that's to be expected from a freshman. And when I say that, um him and Max Johnson kind of went back and forth as far as quarterback battle. TJ, um, you know, he was able to start some games. Um, he won the game against Arkansas. Then he played really well against South Carolina to where, uh, you know, obviously I was on the sideline, but the whole crowd was, you know, yelling his name. There was a crowd chant, you know, so it was, it was like <laughs> TJ is, is next up, you know, which was really cool. But then, you know, it's the SEC, right? So we hit a bit of a rough patch as far as who we played. And I think he had that Alabama – Auburn stretch and you know it, it just wasn't as good so you know they they just him and Max continued to battle but yeah then that's when he wound up transferring to Auburn uh this past year yeah I mean and like I said you look at this entire thing right now like Zach Calzada last year he, he threw for 17 touchdowns he had nine interceptions for for Texas A&M and the only reason why this is a is a true battle right now is because Bo Nix transferred out to Oregon, who we'll talk about at a later date, you know, in terms of QB battle. But T 
TJ Finley, he's a pocket passer. He's not he 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 doesn't have the skill set to run the ball and be dynamic. Again, he's 6'7, 240, almost 250 pounds, but he's got yeah. he's got a he's he he can sling the rock. He's got an arm. Um he can he can really throw the ball. But the main thing for him, accuracy, ball placement, being efficient with the football as well. There are two, you know, when he did uh, you know, play last year, he he had a lot of, you know, a lot of moments where it was under 60% completion. You know, Alabama, they went to four, you know, went to the four overtimes. He was 17 and 26 for just 137. He did throw two touchdowns, but, you know, you, you need more from your quarterback, right? Zach, Zach Calzada, you know, coming in, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not a small kid by any means. I mean, he may look small compared to TJ Finley, but, you know, he's 6'4, <laughs> 210. And against Alabama himself, you, you look at the, 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 Vast comparison between the two. He was 21 of 31, 285, almost 68% uh, completion with three touchdowns. He did have the one interception, but he played almost mistake-free football, and he was able to push the ball downfield, get the ball to his playmakers, as well as put the ball in the paint, baby. Get them touchdowns because that's what you need to stick with a team like Alabama. So what are your thoughts on on this QB battle, especially knowing uh, with your experience with TJ Finley? How do you think this thing shakes out? Yeah, well, first of all, man, I I can see this. This is why we are who we are, right, because – a lot of people aren't talking about this quarterback battle, but when you really dig into it, this is a very intriguing quarterback battle um, with, with, with variants of, of prospects, right, as far as the quarterbacks that's on his team. And you did a good job really laying out the backgrounds and up until this point, right? And I think it's a real quarterback battle because I think you're trying to see which quarterback can, I guess, fix their deficiencies throughout the offseason. Obviously, we talked about T.J. Finley um, and, you know, his situation as far as – it's really completion percentage, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think part of that can be attributed to just him getting there and getting acclimated with everybody, right? Because that was that was a Bo Nick situation also. I don't think he was going into the season as the expected quarterback. And then, you know, obviously the, you know, the situation with Bo Nix and then TJ kind of had to finish the season off. Um, but it it, it just wasn't it wasn't a fluid in in, in timing wise. And when you talk about those those pocket passing quarterbacks, it's all about time, right? Because they're not going to beat you with their legs to be able to extend the play. So they need everything detailed. They need everything to be right on point just how we practiced it is how it has to go in the game and that that comes with practice reps that comes with mental reps that comes with being in the meeting rooms with each other that comes with um on-site adjustments that comes through pre-play adjustments that comes with during the play adjustments right and all those things have to kind of synchronize and be right when it's when it's not a mobile quarterback and that's not killing tj i seen tj finley throw the football and he can flat out spin it like i'm, I'm he mm-hmm. can throw it with some of the best quarterbacks in the nfl right now I promise you that like his, his arm talent is just that spectacular and, and he and he does it um, effortlessly. So this is a guy that has a, a high upside and, and potential. Then you go to Zach Calzada and, you know, you watch him in that Alabama game, right? And, and he played really well, like against against you know, what they they Alabama went all the way to the national championship. And this kid really showed up and showed out. So, you know, he's another guy that has that tough and that grit to him. And you want to know if he can make the play when it matters, right? And I think he kind of showed that last year. So I think this is a really, a really good quarterback battle. I think, 
Man, this is tough because I'm trying to get my prediction right. This is tough. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm going to roll with TJ Finley. I think TJ Finley will start the year as the starter. And then, you know, obviously there'll be a little pressure, but I'm, you know, knowing TJ, he, he's not fearing that, right? Um, but I, I think TJ will be able to get it done through spring ball, spring ball and into the season. And it's going to be up to the weapons too, man, because Auburn historically doesn't really have just dynamic playmakers at receiver and tight end. Like it's, it's you know, it's, it, like usually before it was, you know, with um, it was Gus Malzahn, it was a, mm-hmm. a, a running team, you know, so they, they didn't even, I don't think they prioritized really having dynamic receivers. So you kind of have receivers from that um, regime kind of playing in this new regime where they're accounted, you know, counted on to to be able to, to catch the ball, run after the catch ability and make those tough catches. So, man, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to think it's going to be up to the receivers to show up as far as with TJ Finley, but I'm expecting TJ Finley uh, to ultimately win the battle early on. Yeah, I, and I'm 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 inclined to agree with you. Now, don't get me wrong; they do have two other two other quarterbacks. Uh, you know, freshman quarterback Holden uh, Grenier, I believe is how you pronounce the last name, and Robbie Ashford. And they had their their and, spring game, and the you know you know the reports were that the the tight ends were heavily involved in that in that spring game, and and then you think about the fact that you know also the offensive line struggled. And now, granted, I think sev- several of the stars weren't because they have a senior, uh, a senior filled offensive line, uh, but uh, several of those stars weren't available. Um, so it's like you know, for them right now, even with the spring game, things are just a little. It's still kind of murky. It's still a lot of smoke, and wait for waiting for that smoke to clear. And we're gonna see how because I think their first game is September the ninth. Uh, we're gonna see how it all you know how it all works out because if once you get the offensive line healthy, get all these guys available, you start getting now you know start really getting into that that uh, summer camp and training camp and seeing who's sticking out right. So now you like you said with TJ Finley having the the arm talent and everything, it's all about that ball ball placement, the accuracy, being consistent. Zal Calzada has played some big games last year, you know, against LSU, against, um, you know, Alabama in the victory against Alabama. So he's kind of tested a little bit. And then, like I said, you got these other young guys who are also in the mix. So I think TJ Finley, I'm actually going to go with Zach Calzada, though. I think Zach Calzada's season, what he went through last year with Texas A&M, and him being thrusted into that position, right, because it was supposed to be Haynes King who was supposed to be the quarterback yeah. at Texas A&M. Um, after uh, Kellen Mond left, but King got hurt early, and Calzada had to step in and step in and be the be the guy for them at the quarterback position. And he played some admirable football. He played some solid ball. I'm gonna roll with him uh, to start it out. I think he because he could possibly be the more consistent in terms of right now. Brian Harson has to figure out all right, which one of these quarterbacks can I coach up to where we think about the potential and ceiling of the team that can get us to that that where we want to be, right? That next level where we are not just kind of in the middle ground of the SEC, but we are a talented team that we when, when these recruits come to our games for these for these visits, that they see a competitive, tough, physical football team that is going to be someplace that they want to call home for the next three, four years of their college right. careers when they do come in, as well as those transfer portal guys also. So Brian Harson has some work to do over there in Auburn, but I'm excited to see how they shake out because, like I said, they got the run game. They have a senior-filled old line. 
the the weapons on the outside, man. Like I said, from from looking at the, the report from camp from uh from the spring game, it was tight end heavy, and so we're gonna see how these <laughs> these receivers can kind of acclimate themselves. Because when you start getting Tank Bigsby rolling, man, we know what the run game can do to that to to a defense. How it pulls that safety down. Let's get somebody in the box. Let's go ahead and stop this. Let's stop this this one guy, Tank Bigsby. We gotta stop him. Now, which quarterbacks gonna be able to take take advantage of those one in one windows, Keith? That's gonna be the question. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. And you know, looking at it right, because you did a good job of painting. I guess you would say the macro picture of the team, right? Auburn usually has that tough, gritty team. You know, they, they yeah. usually give Alabama a tough battle. Um, they're they're a running team, so I think that they have to get back to that identity, running the football. Then it has to be play action and making the right plays off of already having established the run. And I think what quarterback can um, keep the team in rhythm, mixing in the run, staying ahead of the chains, and then delivering those timely passes will be the guy that, that shows up as a number one guy. Absolutely. And, and we're going to stick with the SEC uh, to pretty much close this out. And, and, and we're going to go to Florida. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Florida's spring game is this evening, if not going on right now. Um, and, and, Keith, we know that last year, you know, after, what, 2020 was, I think that, that was a season where Kyle Trask was a, you know, Heisman candidate, right? It was just kind of the guy that no one expected, right? He wasn't body beautiful. He didn't have the big arm. He wasn't mobile. But, man, he put up numbers. And then – after he decided, after he went to the NFL and, and, and was drafted last year by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then it kind of opened some things up coming into 2021. Like, okay, what do we, you know? Who who's the quarterback? And everybody knew it was going to be Emory Jones, the, the the guy who they wanted to when they when they wanted some big plays, some dynamic plays, change some things up. He was that uh, that that change up pitcher for them basically. Yeah. So he came in, he would run the ball, you know, read option and everything, Keith. But he was a, he was supposed to be the starter last year, and it just you know, and it's not. I don't think it's all we could put on Emory because uh, you know Dan Mullen just. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what was going on with his play call. Um, is, is put that the best way that I could, Keith. You know, like I wasn't I wasn't sure what was happening with his play call. You know, you got a a dog in the backfield and Damian Pierce, and it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give you the ball every once in a while. Um, yeah. You know, just to to keep you enthused. You know, but I'm not going to feed you. The ball, and you look at what Emory Jones was able to do in that offense: twenty-seven hundred yards passing, nineteen touchdowns, um, thirteen interceptions, uh, and, and we know that he, he's almost eight hundred yards rushing on this on the season. But they have a talented young man, you know, in Anthony Richardson, who is also another. He's six foot four, two thirty-six, redshirt sophomore. He's someone that can move as well. Bill Napier has he has some some talent in the quarterback room, and then you can't forget about the Ohio State transfer Jack Miller as well. But Keith, how 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 are we feeling right now? You know, going into to the spring game and everything. Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, how are we feeling about this? Man, I I, I think it's a hundred percent Anthony Richardson. I think you've seen enough from this guy last year, just his dynamic of you know uh running ability right and 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 it's not it's not a finesse running style um it's it's a style that that imposes 
its will on defenses, right? Like it's a style that safeties and cornerbacks don't want to tackle him, right? And then he can also put a move on linebackers and defensive linemen. So it, it, it's a style that comes with establishing a culture and identity as an offense. And so I, I think that's special. Now, can he be better throwing the football? Yeah, he can, right? In, in, in college, sometimes it's about just having those playmakers and how many times can you give the ball to your playmaker? And right. I, I – you know, uh, uh, any other situation as far as just having Anthony Richardson as the quarterback, like you're the Florida Gators, like leaning on Emory Jones, I think if he had the ability to do it, he would have done it last year. Um, like I think you said they had Jack on the team, um, you know, Ohio State transfer. I feel like you would have heard more buzz about it, right? right. Um, so I'm rolling Anthony Richardson. And, and just to take it back to Napier, what, what he had at ULL, um, this is a guy that, they they emphasized the run game like they they believed in a tough team. Yeah, I think this team went up to was it Iowa State and they they beat they upset Iowa State as a group of five schools. So they you know Billy Napier knows how to play big time football, and I think it's all about establishing the trenches up front. And Anthony Richardson kind of goes along with that mentality because of his dynamic running ability. Florida has the athletes. They have the running backs. They they have a stable of running backs. So I, if if I'm if I'm Florida. I'm practicing a 50 different run concepts, right? Because <laughs> we're going to come out and we're going to establish the run and we're going to do it different ways. We're going to run split zone. We're going to run power. We're going to run counters. We're going to run inside zone. We're going to run outside zone. We're going to run sweep. That's we're music to my ears, Keith. <laughs> That's music to my ears, baby. You know, I'm all about the run game. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're, we're going to do it all. We're doing draw plays. It, it doesn't matter. We're going to establish the run loop and, and really start to get Florida back to having that identity because I think under – um, you know, Dan Mullen, obviously he's a, you know, offensive genius, but sometimes that can take you too far down to where you don't just keep it simple. Right. And Florida right. lost some of that pizzazz as far as being a, a physically tough team. So I think in order to shift that back, I think you have to be, you know, kind of lean more on a run game and then surround Anthony Richardson with pieces, but he's definitely a guy that you can win games with and go pretty far as far as possibly making it to the SEC championship and even to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and like I said, Florida's never – they're never inept in terms of talent. You know, that's that is a team that always recruits well. They always find talented players, as we see with, you know, Zachary Carter, who we will have an uh, interview coming up at the end of this show. But, you know, you have Zachary Carter and um, – you know, on the D line, you got Jim, you know, Jim, um, Moon at linebacker, and then Brenton Cox on the defensive side of the football at at, at the um, pass rusher inset, and Nirvana then Trell Miller at, at you know middle linebacker. They always find a way to keep guys keep talent in the, in the house. And Anthony Richardson, to me, like I said, the numbers to me, looking at Emory Jones' numbers, are a little bit deceiving because he had like a four hundred yard game against, I think it was Sam Houston State or some really like a Division three school. So his numbers were even even deceiving because he's watching him. I was always frustrated. I always wanted more. I know how dynamic you are as a runner, but being in in college for four years, this was fifth year. I think he's a fifth year senior. I have not seen enough strides as a passer to say, you know what, you can get us to where to that promised land, to that SEC championship, the way that we were able to get there with Kyle Trask. 
Because at the end of the day, Kyle Trask was able to get us there with his arm, just being accurate the football, getting it to Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony and those playmakers and, and, and Grimes on the outside as that jump ball guy. I think, and like you said, Anthony Richardson, he still has he has some growing pains as a passer that he has to go through, and that's fine. But he's yeah. going to give also give, he gives you that physicality in the run game, some explosiveness as well as a as a dual threat quarterback, and the arm talent is absolutely there. So I would, you know, and I'm, like I said, the, the spring game is actually going on right now. It just started. It's on ESPN Plus, I believe. So I plan on trying to tune in in between writing, typing up my paper because I want to see what's going on down in, in the swamp. Let's see what the chomp chomp has to show us in this uh this orange and I think it's orange and white spring game. Yeah, and I and the thing is this: if I'm a Florida Gators fan, I'm excited about Anthony Richardson because we've seen this brand of football win before. With Tim Tebow, right, and mm-hmm. and I'm I hate to compare, um, you know, guys who haven't accomplished <laughs> it yet to you know legends, right? Because Tim Tebow right. is a college football legend. But what I'm saying is, is this: like we we, if you're a Florida fan, you've seen his recipe already, right? This is not a, a um, you know, a, something that you're making up or a possibility. Like this is something that has happened. You've had a big, powerful quarterback that can run the football, and then you implement these jet sweeps, handoffs. You put really good athletes out there to kind of supplement some of the accuracy issues right but you, you give those dynamic playmakers and you're a run a run first team and you do everything off of the run right and and we've seen mm-hmm. that work before obviously with Tim Tebow and I think Anthony Richardson can give you that that next step and, and when you're building a program up to what it needs to be it's steps right like you don't go from especially in college football it's not like the NBA or you know the NFL any other sport it takes steps as far as yeah. you you go from being in the middle of the back in your conference to your next step should be battling to win to to win your side of the conference. So next year, you know, like our next step is to battle to beat Georgia in the SEC East. Right? Then after you're able to do that, then your next step is SEC championship or college football playoffs. So I think this year be focused on you know what, how do we good enough to win? Um, you know, we play – it's the Florida-Georgia game, and I believe they play in Jacksonville, right? It's a big um, big rivalry game where we're competitive in that game, and it's a 50-50 coin toss on who was winning that game. That That's where Florida wants to get to um, this year. So, Anthony Richardson really gives them that, that opportunity. I, I agree. I completely agree. And like I said, at the end of the day, it's all about – it's all about the ceiling. Like, you know – Who's going to be able to run that scheme? Who's going to be able to do it effectively and efficiently? And then at the end of the day, who has the potential that I can coach you to not just reach the ceiling and touch it, but shatter it? Let's get to another level, right? Let's get let's let's touch the sky next. So that's why I'm kind of looking at, and I think Anthony Richardson definitely Anthony Richardson definitely gives him that. And it's going to mean, like I said, I'm definitely going to watch this uh this ringing because I'm excited to see what what they do, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna pull up on my phone. I'm gonna, Tune into it, and uh, I, I'll definitely let you know what I what I see um, from from the uh, Florida. I think it's like I said, it's the blue and white spring game that's taking place right now. Um, so, guys, listen, we are in the full swing of thing. I know it's draft season, and everything is kind of coming to an end in the next two weeks. But that means college football is getting a little closer, Keith. So we got a lot more stuff to talk about, baby. These spring games, you know, moving parts, man. I'm so excited to see 
just kind of what how everything unfolds and as we get closer and closer and closer to the season that's why that's what the bread and butter is baby that's what oh, my yeah. bread's butter right there in the season <laughs> when we get there get to see some college football some of this competitiveness i can't wait man uh keith as always brother this you know it's always fun to sit down and talk with you but guys i'm damien parson that's Keith Sanchez of the Talent Factor Podcast. Remember the finals of Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all your other major podcasting networks. Keith, what's the slogan, baby? And remember, talent is always the factor, baby. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.